All right. Vision Sunday. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Um, I, I want to share with you that this began, actually, this today began in October, um, which is, feels like a long time ago. So, And it was a long time ago. The Lord began to speak to me about some of this stuff in October. And we're finally here, and I'm so pumped and excited about it. But I wanted to tell you, before we get into where the Lord's taking us for 2019, I wanted to tell you a little bit about where we've come from. And for those of you guys that do or don't know, back in 2012, um, Grant and I had, uh, we actually had a pregnancy that we lost that was a 20 weeks, a little boy named Kingston. And in, in the aftermath of that, the Lord began to encounter us and speak to us in really profound ways. And a couple weeks following after that, the Lord spoke to us, it's time to go to Oklahoma City and plant a church. And in all honesty, when you hear the Lord say something, you know, that's that big of a shift in the middle of a tragedy, normally you say, that is not the Lord. <laughs> Right? You go, oh, that's the wrong time to be uprooting my life, Lord. We're just experiencing a lot. I, they thought I had cancer at the time. It was just a crazy, crazy time. But the day that the Lord told me, hey, I want you to go plant a church, we were at a little conference and a friend of mine came up to me and she said, I'm breaking all the etiquette rules of prophecy right now. But I feel like the Lord wants you to know that three months ago, I had a dream that you and Grant had left this church and you were in a different city doing ministry. Well, that was weird because that literally happened this morning, right? That God began to speak it. I didn't say, oh, God just told me this today. I just said, huh, how interesting. And she said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but the Lord wants me to tell you. And over the next several days, we actually had multiple experiences like that where people would come out of the woodworks and say, the Lord's saying something about either church planting or moving or whatnot. So what we thought was, oh, never listen to that. All of a sudden it became, clearly you're speaking, Lord. And so we began the process uh, in 2013, we, had a, we were given amazingly by our previous church a sabbatical to seek the Lord, to ask him, what are you doing about this church thing? And so we spent a few months asking the Lord, what are you saying? What's on your heart? And if you know us at all, you know that we're not really into living the life for ourselves. We're really into living the life that Jesus wants us to live. And, you know, some people call that being intentional. We just think that's normal. I recognize it's not so normal to everybody, but to us it is. So we just began to ask the Lord the question, if you're going to want us to plant a church, what kind of church would you want us to plant? I was in Home Depot last night, actually, and I was finding myself walking by the bathroom inserts. Anybody know what those are? Shower tub inserts. You're going to build a house, and you just go, it's a prefab shower, and you stick it in the wall, boom, bathroom. And, you know, there's some churches that are like that. Oh, this is what church is. I bought it off the shelf. Here's our church. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying it's just kind of one of the ways. And so for us, we were going, well, you know, let's build a custom bathroom. What kind of tile do you want on this wall, Lord? Right? How do you want the shower faucet to go? All that kind of stuff. So we spent all these months asking the Lord, what's on your heart? And especially Grant had just so many encounters with God where God would, it was almost like he would describe like a blueprint was laid out in front of him with these plans of what this church was supposed to be. And as the months went on, I'll be honest with you, we started looking at the plans and going, I ain't never seen that before. <laughs> What do we do about that, Lord? Are we crazy? What do we do? And what was so interesting was in the months following, the Lord began to show us other churches in the nation, not in our area, but in the nation that were doing something really similar. And it was kind of interesting going, okay, this is awesome. I can kind of, sort of, maybe begin to kind of understand what you're saying, Lord. And so we launched out in 2013. We moved up here and... Um, you know, Grant describes it as he felt like the Lord was yanking on his collar this sense of urgency saying, go, 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 go. And then I'm telling you guys, like the weekend that we moved into our house, the Lord goes, all right, now do nothing. <laughs> what? You've been like pounding, especially Grant. He's like, you've been telling me day after day after day, you got to get there. And then we get there and the Lord's like, okay, great. Take a break. It's like, huh? And he said, all I want you to do in this season is to love people. Okay. 
Well, literally out of the blue, two or three couples, one of them was somebody that came to buy our lawnmower off Craigslist. Turns out we actually know them and they didn't realize it was Grant when he came and he goes, oh, you, I remember hearing about your church. I want to come. We were like, we actually don't have a church yet, but we're having a dinner on Wednesday. Do you want to come to dinner? Okay, sure. So we had two or three couples that started coming to this dinner, and then we did this dinner where we just loved people for a few months. And then the Lord started saying, I want you to start like a prayer and worship night. All right, we'll do that. We, had, we cleared out the furniture in our little living room, and we had this prayer and worship night, and it was amazing. In the first one, everybody that was there, there was one person that wasn't committed to something, and so Grant said, all right, we're going to worship, and the band you know, got up to do the band, and the people who were watching the kids went up to watch the kids, and then there was Reese. <laughs> A couple more people came later, but I will never forget that moment where it was like everybody's worshiping, and then Reese was like, Cool. And he didn't play the bass at that time, so maybe that's where the Lord put that dream in his heart. I don't know. But, um, and so we started these prayer and worship nights, and then we actually moved from our house. Um, we got connected with the pastor at Chartel Church of God, an amazing man. And he said, hey, for free, you can have some of the rooms in our church on Sunday nights if you want to use that. So we said, thank you. So we started doing our prayer nights then, and we put up a map of the city, and we started strategically praying. We had a couple in our church that had an RV, and we crammed everybody in the RV one night, and we drove the perimeter of what God had said, this is for us, and we were praying, because we're weird. (laughs) And so we had these amazing times, and God would come, and it was just some of my favorite moments, just incredible. And then the Lord began to say, it's time to start equipping the people. I want you to do a Sunday morning. He said, okay, this was um, August of 2013. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think that's right. So we're coming up this at the end of August on five years of Sunday morning. So we'd started Sunday morning services and we started teaching about ministry and whatnot. And then, um, and then the Lord moved. We were at Mid-America University for a semester. I think we were a little charismatic for them. And so then we moved on to uh, a storefront. And um, I love them. They're amazing. They were so gracious to us to let us stay there. <laughs> Uh, use their facility. So then we moved on to a storefront that is now the cryotherapy place by Panera at Chatney Square, if you're familiar, okay? If you've ever had cryotherapy there, you're probably crying out to God as we were when we were having church in that room. So, uh, so we were there for about eight months and God was just so interestingly, bizarrely faithful to provide these places that made no sense to us. And so then we went from there, and the Lord opened up a door at this warehouse that was over on Janeway, kind of by Shields and 35. And so we found ourselves across from all the government-subsidized housing and more. We didn't realize it was there, and we moved there. And the Lord gave us opportunities to really preach his radical heart for rescue. And a lot of you were there at that time in that uh, season for us as a church, and we saw a lot of miracles, and we saw a lot of power moments, and it was really an incredible yet very, very hard location to be. While we were actually there, not like in the middle of the service, but in that time frame, there was attempted kidnappings, there was some murders, there was just some crazy stuff that happened across the street from us. But God gave us an opportunity to learn how to love the least of these in our city. And then the Lord opened the door for this location. We've been here a little over a year. And the really cool thing is that when Grant and I moved to, we actually live about five minutes from here. And when we moved to this area, this was just a big piece of land. And Grant would drive by and he would say, that would make a great church. I don't know why, it's just, you know, it's always the entrepreneur thinking, right? And he would go, that would make a great church. And then, then sure enough, about the time it was time for us to move, it was all of a sudden someone had built a warehouse here, and we got this space and renovated it, and here you're sitting here. Yeah, amen. And it's been this fascinating journey of very, very slow um, moving from the Lord. And what we could never have anticipated is about year two and a half, we started looking back and realizing, oh my goodness, Lord. You've been leading us on this journey of loving people 
and then praying and worshiping, and then equipping and releasing people to do ministry, and then rescuing people. And what you might not know is that in this blueprint thing that the Lord had spoken to us about what he wanted out of this church, see, every church ever has a specific vision from the Lord. They're overarching the grander vision of salvation in Jesus alone and all of that, right? But each church has an expression that the Lord wants to, um, he wants to see his diverse body reflect himself. So it's important that each church reflects what God has asked them to do. So we have a unique opportunity to reflect that, right? So for us, the Lord had said, listen, at this house, in this place, I want this place to be built. And he, he showed Grant like a, house, like a house. This was long before the dream of becoming a realtor happened. So it wasn't like, uh, you know, oh, it's a house and I sell houses. But he said, I want it to be the bedrock, like before the foundation, the bedrock to be God, me, the Father is what he was saying. And then Jesus and my Holy Spirit to be all three equally um, present sought and encountered. He said, it's really important to me that this isn't just a Jesus-only church or just a Holy Spirit-only church or just a God the Father church. It is important to me that all of us get to be exactly who we are. And I remember the Lord showing me one time, he said, Rachel, how much do you love getting to be exactly who you are? I said, I love it, Lord. I mean, at times I don't love it, let's be honest, right? At times I'm going, really, can you change this about me? But in general, I'm like so thankful for the freedom in Christ to be who I am. Don't you think God wants that too? Yes. And he said, this is what I want. I want my house to be a place where I can be who I am. Nobody's like, you know, pushing me under the rug, wondering what I'm going to do. And sometimes he does weird things, but he's God. He gets to do that, right? And so he said, that's the bedrock. And he said, on top of the bedrock, I want there to be the fivefold ministry. I want there to be the redemption of the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, all five voices, giftings, working together. And he said, it's like they're going to essentially be buried in the ground where everybody walks on top of them because that's what we get to do when we're called to the fivefold ministry in the church. <laughs> Praise God. And it's awesome. But he said, listen, and so, you know, we don't necessarily hear, we don't necessarily say, oh, this is apostle so-and-so or prophet so-and-so. But what we do is we honor the giftings that are on people's lives. And we honor those voices. And we honor that perspective. Because together, that's how Jesus said we're going to equip the saints. We're not changing that around to be something else, right? That's what Jesus said. And so on the bedrock of God, Father, Father God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sits on top of that, the fivefold foundation. And then in this vision, the Lord said, I want to raise up like four pillars that are going to hold the house together. And do you know what those pillars are? Love, prayer and worship, equipping and releasing, and God's radical heart for rescue. Now, only God could have led us down a journey where we actually lived through those four pillars in the first couple years of the church. And I'll give you a spoiler alert. We're still living through those four pillars. I remember vividly this one day where the Lord said to me, Rachel, what would, it, what would you do if a thousand people showed up at your door tomorrow? I go, hmm. It's one thing to pray for growth. It's another thing to plan for growth, right? And I said, I don't know, Lord, what would you do? Because it's his church. And he showed me the four pillars, love, prayer, and worship, equipping, and releasing. Because listen, guys, it's not just the church's job to equip you. we got to give you an opportunity to do the thing God put inside of you, right? It's not enough to just go, hey, I'm just going to teach you about how to be whatever, but I never give you an opportunity because I'm too afraid of what's going to happen if you fail. I am a little nervous of what's going to happen if you fail, if we're being totally honest, but I trust God, right? And, and you guys are giving me permission to fail, and I'm giving you permission to fail, and together we're going to build the kingdom. So anyways, so we equip and release, and then we have this rescue, and all of a sudden I realized in my mind's eye, I saw these four pillars actually became a tunnel. They actually became the pathway that we transform people's lives, guys. 
And if you've been here for any length of time, I'm guessing you're still coming because you've been impacted by God's heart for love, his heart for prayer and worship, how to interact with the kingdom, his heart for equipping you and then pushing you out the door, a little fire under your you know, backside. And then to get out there and gather other people with his radical heart for rescue. I love this church. I, I genuinely do. And so that's a little bit of where we've come from. So in this journey, you know, we've had these moments where we'll say, God will give us a picture. We've had lots of prophetic words about what God wants to do with this place. And, and then you come to this point where you go, um, well, you know, when are you going to do that, Lord? <laughs> Year two, I'm starting to get a little antsy, God. Year three, I'm really getting antsy, Lord. Year four, I'm quitting asking, Right? And every time we would ask, I think it was probably like a dozen times over the last almost six years for Grant and I in this journey, we've asked the Lord, are we done building the foundation? Are we done laying the foundation for this place? And the Lord would go, <laughs> and he wouldn't really answer. Or sometimes he'd just go, no, no, you're not done. And then we had a lot of wise counsel in our life that would come and say, listen, guys, if the Lord is not, if he's building this big of a foundation, then he wants to do something significant here. And I'm not saying that because I, I completely reject the sort of territorial superiority that comes in churches in our area. Like, don't even buy into that. That's such a lie, right? That what God is doing here is so much better than what he's doing everywhere else. That is such garbage. I'm just going to be really, you know, frank. But he is doing something here that's important to him. And it's strategic for what he wants to do with the church as a whole in our area. It's important to him. And so these people kept saying, you know, if he's building this big of a foundation, then you've got to trust that it's important. And, and here's the thing about a foundation. We had the privilege and the headache of building a custom house two years ago. We started that process. And when you build a foundation, they bring in these machines and they start bringing dirt everywhere and it's really messy. And everybody drives by and goes, I wonder what that's going to be. Right? Have you ever driven by and they're just in the foundation process and you go, I can't really tell. And then they put up the little like trim work around where they're going to lay the, the concrete and you start going, now I really wonder what that's going to be. And here's the thing, unless you're standing inside of that trim work and you're holding the plan, you cannot tell what it is. That's what the foundation process really is like. And some of you guys are even building a foundation in your life right now, and you might be going, I can't tell what this is going to be. And it's like, it's okay. God actually has a plan. The contractors that are building a foundation, they are meticulously measuring out five feet from here and then seven from here, and i got to put this gas pipe here because that's where the lady wants her oven. <laughs> right? And everybody on the outside goes, <clears throat> why is there a pipe in the middle of the floor? There's a pipe in the middle of the dirt. And the contractor goes, because the lady wants an oven like there right? That's how a foundation is. And the Lord was, was reminding me as I was preparing for today that that's what it's been like for us as a church for a long time. That it's like when you look from the outside in, you can't really understand what God's doing. You know, we're in this weird warehouse or we're in this strange storefront with bright green carpet and bless God, amen. It's just a great time together and a really awkward time together too because the space was just strange. And from the outside, it goes, well, what is that? What's happening with that? But if you're in it and you're looking at the plans, you can start to see. So I quit a little over a year ago. I quit asking the Lord, when is the foundation going to be done? Because I just figured, you'll tell me what I need to know, right? So last fall, I had this interesting experience um, with the Lord, and I was asking him to speak to me in my time with him. And this is how he usually speaks to me as scripture. I hear the book title, and then I actually see the numbers. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but that's how it happens for me. So I'm just closing my eyes and waiting the Lord, and I hear him say, Ezra 3.11. I saw 311, I heard him say Ezra. Now, I have read through the Bible cover to cover, but I don't know Ezra. 
I know a friend who has a son named Ezra. That's about as much of Ezra that I know, okay? And so I said, well, this is going to be interesting. So I pull open my Bible, and I don't know if you've ever had this happen where you hear a word like that, and you go to the reference, and it's like, and then they slayed all the people, and they were all dead, and they were bleeding out. And you're like, I don't think that was the Lord. Let's ask again. And so this particular time, I open up to Ezra expecting that to be the case because, you know, what's in Ezra, right? That's what I was thinking. Little did I know. And we're going to put this up on the screen. I'm actually going to read to you verse 10, and then we're going to read verse 11 because what happened to me shook me. And this is the, a little context. This is when they were building the foundation, the temple, excuse me. They were building the temple um, the first time under David's instructions. And so it says this in, in verse 10. Now, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with their symbols to praise the Lord in accordance with the direction of King David, the king of Israel. Verse 11, next slide. They sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his loving kindness and mercy toward Israel endures forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house was laid. So literally, I'm reading this and I'm like, I like literally, I was shocked. I was completely shocked and I said, God, I don't even know if I can believe this is true. I mean, I don't know Ezra, so that was a pretty dramatic sign for me. And I said, okay, I'm going to float this to Grant because, you know, I don't know if you know us at all, we are cut from completely different planets, you know, solar systems. We could not be more different. And so when we're in agreement, it is God, okay? That's how we know. And so I said, hey, I had this interesting thing happen, and the Lord told me this scripture. And it actually goes on to talk about how they brought out the trumpets, and the dancers were dancing and celebrating that the foundation has been laid. And he said, it's so interesting that you said that, because I think it was like a few days before, he said, the Lord said to me, hey, the foundation has been laid. It's time to raise the walls. So this is our big announcement to you. That we, and I understand if you've been with us for a short amount of time, this doesn't really feel, you know, that as amazing as it should feel to you. But if you have been with us for the five to six year mark, this is a big deal, like a really big deal. So we're going to have a pause moment and we're going to have a praise party, a 30 second praise party to thank God that the foundation has been laid. So here we go. Grant and I brought some praise party things because it can't be a party without them, okay? Get these out. There we go. So listen, I need you to stand up, okay? This is a big deal. I need you to move your body for like five seconds, all right? Give a little praise party. Woo-hoo! All right. We want to thank you, Jesus. Now you guys can sit down. Listen, this is worth celebrating because I can tell you from firsthand experience, this foundation has been costly. It has been meticulous. It has been hard. It has been deep. It has been a six, almost six year long journey. This is no small thing, right? And I'm just saying, I feel like the Lord was like, listen, you better celebrate because what we're doing today is actually closing a book. 
We're not actually closing a chapter. We're closing a whole book that the spine says foundation. And so if we have a proverbial library in heaven and you're going, I want to know about the story about Bethel OKC. And you go and there's going to be volume one foundation. And it's going to have your faces in it. It is. It's going to have, you're going to open it up and you're going to say, this person gave us this at this time. This person gave us this at this time. There are people who are no longer with us because the Lord's called them to do other things that were pivotal in helping us build what God wanted to do. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. So I got a lot of stuff with me today because it is a party day. If you're a familiar with the Enneagram, I am a seven to the core, and this is my party day celebrating what God has done. I'll get to this in a minute. But here's the thing. Around this same time as the Lord saying the foundation has been laid, I was asking him, Lord, what's on your heart for us for 2019? And he said something just effortless to me. He said, build. Now listen, before you go down the road that I tried to go down, I'm not saying necessarily we're building a, a location this year. I don't really feel like that's what the Lord is saying. He might, we might be surprised by the end of the year, but the real essence of this word actually has to do with building the house that he's called us to build. And so what happened was I heard him say build, and then I started seeing build everywhere. Does anybody get confirmation like that? It's like the Lord's doing it, and then you, know, you open up Facebook, and somebody's like, the Lord's saying for 2019, build, and you're going, What? <laughs> For me, I actually, I love, I'm a girl, clearly, and I, uh, I love to shop with the Holy Spirit, okay? I love it. I actually, like the Lord will tell me on certain days, go to this store and I'll get there and the thing I've been wanting is half price. It's like an anointing. I'll pray for you if you want that. And so, uh, <laughs> impartation in Jesus' name. And so I went to this store that I love and I'm walking through the store and there is this sign that's now hanging next to our auditorium uh, out there. And it says this, you can put it on the screen, it says Proverbs 24, 3. Through four, and this is from the Amplified. It says, Through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Thank you, God. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And the Lord said, You better buy that sign. I said, Okay. It was half price, guys. Just saying. So I bought the sign. I knew it was a confirmation of what the Lord was saying for us. And he began to speak this scripture to me. I want to put it up here on the Passion Translation as well. And it says, wise people are builders. Hello. Don't you want to be a wise person in God's eyes? Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities. And through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. And then it goes on in verse 4 to say, because of their, the wise people, because of their skilled leadership, the hearts of people are filled with the treasures of wisdom and the pleasures of spiritual wealth. Yeah. So what are those pleasures? I talk about this all the time. Prosperity, you know, we talk about prosperity, but it's not really money. Money is like, uh, whatever, right? If you need it, let's help you. But it's really not the be-all, end-all. The prosperity of God is joy, peace, freedom, Freedom from anxiety, settling of your soul, right? That's real prosperity. That's what the spiritual riches that, and wealth are talking about here. So I'm reading this verse and I'm going, yes, Lord, let this be. This is an anthem for us. Wise people are builders. This is your year, guys, to build something. We're going to get into that in a minute. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the, the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. What does this mean? It is pointless to build something unless God is breathing on it. 
we, in this process of building this foundation at this place, I can't even count how many times you think, Grant, like a thousand, that he, maybe more, that he or I would go to the Lord and say, I had this idea. I was at this place and they were doing this and can we do that? And God would go, oh, sweetie. I don't know how he would say it to you. I don't know if he calls you sweetie, but, um, but the Lord would say to me, no, no, no. See, that's for them. That's not for you. And I would say, man, Lord, okay, right? But we've had to say no to so many things because we are adamant to attend to the vision that God has given us for here. It doesn't mean it's the vision everybody has to have. It just means it's the vision for here. And I love that. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's so good. And then the last verse I felt like the Lord was giving to me in this season of him speaking what he wants for us for 2019 was this in Nehemiah 2, verse 17 and 18. And, and here's a little backstory. Nehemiah has heard that the wall in Jerusalem is in, in, shatter, in shambles. He actually gets permission from the king. He gets so much favor from the king to take the resources to rebuild the wall for somebody that's not even the king's people. It's incredible, right? And so this is what, after Nehemiah has gone in the night and he's uh, surveyed the wall and then he goes to the people and this is what he says in verse 17. Then I said to them, this is Nehemiah talking, you see the bad situation that we are in, how Jerusalem is desolate and lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come and let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem so that we may no longer be a disgrace. And then watch yourself, verse 18. Everybody say, attention, the captain has turned on the seatbelt sight, the seatbelt light. <laughs> If you find yourself short of oxygen, you can grab the mask from above you and put it on. Bless God. Amen. So here we go. He said, Then I told them how the hand of God had been favorable to me and also about the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, this is the people responding to Nehemiah. They said, let us rise up and build. So they thoroughly supported the good work. Amen. Nehemiah said to them, listen, this is what God wants to do. And all these people said, okay. It's our time. Let's rise up and let's build together. Let's thoroughly support this work that God has called us to do. And when I read that, it leapt off the page. It pierced my soul. And the Lord was saying, this is our call as a church for 2019 to rise up and build. We are going to build your life personally. And we are going to come together to build the church that God has called us to build. Here's the thing. Let me just go on a little bit of a rant. Keep that, you know, seatbelt on. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent about um, the local church, okay? I love the local church. Spoiler alert, Jesus is coming back for the church, not for you on your own doing your own thing with God. Now, there are seasons the Lord takes us into where there's actually verses where it talks about he became a sanctuary for people. So that's a thing. But there comes a point when you got to reconnect to the body because we are actually his bride. We are the thing he is preparing. And so something happened in Acts 2 that I want us to talk about. I don't have it on the screen for you because I'm only going to read this one verse, but it's Acts 2, 42. And, and the first church was emerging. And there's this interesting verse where it says this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, I want to go ahead and say, I really don't want to consider myself like an apostle in the sense that please don't call me Apostle Rachel. And Grant would definitely not want you to call him Apostle Grant. But the Lord has called us to lead this place. And the thing about the local church is that although there are people who have a national platform to speak into the world, and we need to listen to them, we need to you know, glean what they're saying, when God has planted you in a church and your church leader has been given a word from the Lord, that word is for you. It is God saying, this is what you should devote yourself to. I got to be honest, it makes me uncomfortable saying that to you, especially in our area where I know that, you know, church abuse is a real thing. And there are pastors who have done this and they've said this kind of stuff. And then what they've asked you to do has been manipulative and um, a burden and not biblical and all that. That's not what I'm saying. My commitment to you and Grant's commitment to you is that we will never ask you to do something that is not biblical or that is overstretching what the Lord is doing in your life. 
But my other commitment to you and what I hope you would give to me is that if we are in this house and we say, this is where God has planted me, then this word is for you. Does that make sense? All right, now you can take your seatbelt off. We'll ask the stewardess to bring, you know, the the drink cart by and we're all going to be okay. But here's the thing. This build word has two parts for it, okay? The first part is I will build my life. It's a personal build for you. I really believe for this year, this is your year to rise up and build your life with God. What do you need? My first question to you, what do you need to build into your life with Jesus? Okay, there are seasons in my life where I'll say, man, you know what? I really, I remember this specifically several years ago saying, I really don't have a prayer life. Like I pray at church and stuff and I like consider myself a praying person. But if I tried to tally up the hours, it would be fairly abysmal. And so maybe that's for you. Maybe this is your year to say, this is the year that I actually pray. And if that's you, then here's what I want you to do. Get a little post-it note and put on there, pray 60 and stick it on your odometer, speedometer. It's the same thing, same area of the car. I don't do cars. Thank you, Lord. But stick it on your dashboard. Okay, that's what it's called. Yeah. And so you're going to put in your car. Thank you. Steering wheel, whatever. You guys get it. Put it before you. Put it on your bathroom mirror. And then you're going to get out your phone and you're going to clock 60 seconds and you're going to pray. You're going to pray for your family, for yourself, for your government, whatever else the Lord leads you to pray for. And then the 60 seconds, beep, beep, goes off. And guess what, guys? You just did something you didn't do before. It's amazing. If you will pray 60 seconds every day, by the end of the year, you will have prayed six hours. I don't know how many of us would willingly say, I'll sign up for a six-hour prayer slot right now. It's a hard thing to do, right? But listen, if you will be diligent to do the little thing, you will produce a huge outcome by the end of this year. It works with fasting. It works with sowing in generosity. It works with um, reading your Bible. Maybe you're the kind of person who's like, I only read the Bible with what I put on the screen for you every Sunday. So this is your year to change your Facebook app over one on your phone and put the Bible app where the Facebook goes because muscle memory is a thing. And you wake up in the morning and your finger just finds Facebook, right? And instead you're going to find the Bible. And then you don't even have to look anything up because Craig Rochelle and the YouVersion team have done it for you. And it has this amazing verse of the day. And so you can read one verse every day without even thinking. It will take you less than the 60-second prayer challenge. By the end of the year, guess how many verses you've read? 365. You go from never reading your Bible to having a good chunk read. Maybe if you read the Bible intermittently, this is your year to go cover to cover. I'm doing it. Bible in a year. I don't know what the Lord is saying for you, but this is what I do know. God is breathing on you to build your life with God. This is so important. I I just have to tell you, a long time ago, Grant and I made the decision, we're building our life on God. And I have never looked back. I have never once felt like I was missing out. It has been the most important thing I could ever do with my life. It is not easy, but it is so worth it. So here's what we've got for you. Out there in the lobby, we've got two resources for you. And this is how, uh, how important these are to me. We're actually selling these to you at 50% off what you can buy them anywhere else. So if you want it, today's your day to get it. If we run out and we don't have it and you wanted it, please let me know. We'll order some more and you can buy that at 50% off. That's how important I feel like these are. The first verse, and it goes along with you building, the first verse, first book, goes along with you building your life is this one. It's The Path by Lori Beth Jones. Raise your hand if you were here with us last year and you did this book. Okay, a handful of you. That's great. We've got 15 copies out in the lobby. Okay, I hope to see them all gone. It's going to cost you, where's Ashley? Like six bucks, I think. Six, thank you, Jennifer. Six bucks out there. Okay, you can't hardly even buy coffee for six dollars, and this will change your life, even though coffee will help you, you know, momentarily. 
But here's what this book does. It is all about finding your God-given purpose on this earth. It is a book unlike any other about that topic that you have read. There are exercises in here, and the goal is to find your, your vision for your life. It's incredible. Both Grant and I have done it. You can Well, you can't really see that close, but it's all marked up and notes and whatnot, and we have a whole journal that I'd written all my notes about it. And this was incredible for me and for Grant. We did this as a church last year. $6. Get this. If you're like, hey, I don't even know what my purpose on the earth is. 2019 is your year to build your life on your actual purpose. So figure that out. All right. Next one, Atomic Habits. Grant just finished this book. How do you know Grant likes a book when you can see? Well, you can't really see all these margins and things. He hasn't dog-eared this one. Oh, I undid some of them. Um, this book is Atomic Habits, okay? And it is out there for sale for eight bucks, I think. That's right. Thank you. And this is 50% off. This book is all about how the little things that you do in your life actually change who you are. That we can have gigantic goals, but our goals don't fulfill themselves. It's the habits and the stuff we do day to day. So I would encourage you, get this book. There's a couple copies out there as well. So this is your year, building your life, building your life. And so I want to give you guys a declaration. I'm working on a sheet of declarations for this theme for us all to use. But here's the declaration for this one. I will build my life, and then you fill the blank with what God has spoken to you. I will build my life this year, Lord, on generosity. I will build my life this year on Jesus, on love, on forgiveness. Whatever it is that he's highlighting to you, this is your year to do that. Are you guys with me? All right, part two of this word. See, any good prophetic word requires something on your part. I mean, I know you don't want to hear that, but that's really how it works because the prophetic word is designed to build you into something, not just have it fulfilled in front of you. And so the second part of this word is that we're going to build the kingdom together. We're going to actually build the house of God together. And so I've brought with me a whole bunch of building things. Who likes this guy? So fun, right? Here's the deal. In and of themselves, if you came and looked at my table, I have a level, a drill, I have a random piece of board, and I have this light fixture cover. And you might say to me, you know what? None of this goes together. And Chad would say to you, Rachel, are you nuts? None of this goes together, except the drill and the screws. They do go together, but nothing else. Because sometimes when the Lord is building something, you might look and say, I don't know if I fit. Because you're a light fixture when the foundation is being laid. There's no place for you in that moment, but there's a place for you coming. Do you understand? I felt like the Lord really had this like encouragement for us that for any of us that have been saying, you know what, I have these giftings, I've got something inside of me, but I don't know where it fits right now, just be at peace. It might not fit right now, right? We just finished laying the foundation. We're gonna put the boards up. We're gonna start putting the frames up and there's gonna be effort required. And you might be a light fixture that has to come alongside and hold a drill for a little while, but it's gonna be worth it. All right, so I had Grant bring me this great chair, and here's what's going to happen when I sit down. You're not going to be able to see me anymore. Some of you can see me. Hey, guys. <laughs> but this is what I felt like the Lord was saying. You know, for some of us, we've been in this long-standing time where we're just, like, hanging out in this really comfortable chair. And we're just hanging out, and we're like, this is really interesting, and we're living amongst something that's unfulfilled. And what the Lord wants us to know is that you have to actually rise up to do the thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's not really, like... I'm just going to get a little bold here, guys, okay? Yesterday, 2018, it may have been okay for you to sit down in your comfy chair and do nothing, but 2019, it's not okay anymore. You have to make some steps to build your life. Some of the things that you want to see happen in your life, they're only going to come when you get off your butt, guys, okay? I'm telling that to myself. I have four little kids. Grant runs three businesses. Our normal life is fairly chaotic. And the Lord's going, hey, Rachel, here's all these things I want you to do this year. And I'm like, 
Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Duct tape my hands onto it so I actually do the things you want me to do, right? That's what it's like. We have to rise up and say, listen, Lord, your kingdom is more important than my comfort. Your kingdom and what you're doing is more important than my issues. <sighs> Guys, listen. The freedom that you have today, even in your perceived dysfunction, is the freedom that people are looking for. The freedom you have today, even in the stuff that's unfulfilled in your life, is incrementally better than those who don't know Jesus. We have to remind ourselves of this. See, sometimes we're so self-focused and we're like looking at everything that God's not doing yet in us and we're completely missing the point that what he's already done is what that person over there is literally dreaming about, sitting on their bed, crying at night, going, if somebody would just teach me how to know if I'm going to go to heaven when I die. That's a simple thing. All of you hopefully know that. And if you don't, it's through Jesus. You're welcome. Just kidding. Uh, but this is the thing, right? This year is about us rising up together. And what I love about this Rise Up and Build motto is that it's, it's the people coming together and saying, we are going to do this together. We are going to link arms together. I get it. Some of us, maybe we feel like broken pieces. And you know what? This is your year to get healed. And I'm not saying that like you're going to sit there and it's going to float down to you. No, you're going to get up and you're going to walk yourself to the hospital. See, I love my, my old pastor when I was in college. He used to say it like this, that you're standing on the road and somebody shoots you and you're laying there waiting for that person who shot you to come back and pick you up and take you to the hospital. It's not going to happen, guys. The person that wounded you doesn't care. That's why they wounded you. Or they don't even know they wounded you and so they don't even realize you're over there, right? And so it's on you to go, listen, I got to get up. It's going to hurt when I rise up because I'm bleeding over here. But Lord, help me pack my own wound and walk myself to where the help is. And I love you. <laughs> I get it. It's intense. But it's true. And this is the year because I have to tell you something in full vulnerability and honesty. I'm going to speak for you so you let me know if I'm saying something wrong. We can't do this without you. We can't do this without you. We're not supposed to do this without you. And we don't want to do it without you. God did not give us this vision because it has to do with Grant and I becoming some who even knows what. God gave us this vision because it's about us helping you guys jump in with us to do this vision that actually God gave. It wasn't even our idea. I can tell you that for sure. But I love that. I love that God goes, listen, I've opened a door for you to come in and help build the kingdom together. And so I'm just telling you right now, we can't do this without you. We don't want to do this without you. And the second part I need you to understand, and, and you know, Lord help me when I say this out loud, but um, I can't actually read your mind. Can you, Grant? Can you read their minds? Grant can't read my mind, and I've been praying for that for like, you know, 20 years since I've known him. It's not going to happen. We can't read your mind. And so here's the thing. Some of you guys, I think, have been sitting there saying, I really wish I would be asked to do whatever. And I'm sitting there going, I really wish somebody would do that, whatever. And I don't know that you want to do that. Now, this is uncomfortable. I get that. Okay, I get that I'm asking you to be vulnerable here. But here's the thing. Like, we need help. We're not like desperate, like, you know, crying in the back room because we are desperate, but we need, your, we need you. It's not complete without you. If God has called you here, it's for a purpose. It's because your thumbprints on the walls of what we're doing are important to the Lord, okay? So what can you do to help? We can use people to greet. 
We can use people to stand at the back and say, hey, I know there's a chair up there when somebody's walking in and worship's happening and we're all getting our worship is my cardio on and it's real hard to tell where the seats are. We need people who are creative. If you're a creative person, you're a painter, you're a dancer, whatever, we want you to use your giftings for the church. I would love it if you would take this Rise Up and Build theme and create something with it. We could put it on our social media. We can, if it works, we can hang it on the wall somewhere. We need help in our kids' ministry. We need help with our youth. We need help with our groups. We need you to come to our groups. That would be one great thing. <laughs> you could do. We need help with our sound and media. We need help with worship. We need help with prayer. And there are other things as well. And so here's the thing. If you're having this incessant thought, I wish I could do, you know, we need help with like craftsman stuff. Did you guys love all the new stuff in the lobby? Props to Chad Allison over here. I said, I said, Chad, I was drawing with the Lord. And I got some pictures on Pinterest. Can you build this for me? And a handful of hours later, shaboom, it's there. And there's even more stuff coming. And it's incredible. And that's him using his God-given gifting to benefit all of us. Isn't that incredible? So what I'm saying to you is that you might be sitting there and thinking, I wish I could something. I wish there was a place for me, whatever. And I'm probably sitting there saying, I wish there was someone who would whatever as well. And so what I need you to know is you can email me, you can text me, you can find me after the service, same for Grant, and here's what I need you to do. Guard your heart, because this is where the enemy likes to destroy churches, okay? You might say to me, hey, I want to serve in whatever, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, just full disclosure, this is what it's really like when you're a pastor, okay? Some of you guys that have been pastors in the room, you can give me an amen, because you know what I'm about to say. I'm hearing you out, and I'm also thinking about how my two-year-old has snot running down her face just for an example. Or I'm thinking about how within any minute, my other kid is going to start screaming. You all know which one. And I'm just kidding. And uh, the one who's so loud. And I'm thinking, what is that going to do? You know, like I have other thoughts going on in my mind. So I might hear you and I might be like, yes, that's so amazing, but I can't do anything about it right this minute. And I might forget to text you back because I'm human and I wish I was more perfect than I am. And so what I need you to do is as we rise up together, we rise up and we don't let those little things become offensive so that you miss out on what you're supposed to do here. And so you can come to me and go, Rachel, remember that time that you said, you know, this moment right now that's unfolding in us? And, and, and you said, you know, don't get offended. And so I don't feel offended yet, but if you don't text me back by next week, I might get offended. I'll be like, thank you so much. It probably slipped my mind because my life is a little crazy sometimes. And I'm saying this in vulnerability to you because what I don't want to see happen is me give you this great challenge to rise up and then it doesn't happen because of this kind of stuff. Can we just agree that this kind of stuff is not actually church, yeah. Right connectedness, rising up, protecting our own heart, letting God get rid of offenses, that's church. At least according to my Bible. All right, so one last thing that I want to share with you guys. We are not building this thing so that we can have a really great thing for ourselves. It's great to worship with you guys. I genuinely love it. In fact, everywhere I go that I worship other places, I, I never feel like it's as good as when I'm in here with you guys. Because you're my family. Because you're the place that God's connected to. I actually hope that every person at a church feels that way about their church, right? That there's just nothing like being home. But the thing is that we're not doing this just so that our own home can feel better. We're doing this to make a place for those that are sitting there going, I wish I knew if there was a God. I wish I knew if there was a purpose. Those that are broken, those that are consistently being knocked down, those that need an arm in arm to lift them up, right? We don't really like to talk about this because it's more fun to talk about ourselves, just being honest. 
But we're not talking about ourselves. We're talking about building a house for God. And there's a component to the vision that God's given us. And we're actually going to spend the next couple of weeks talking more about what the vision God has given us really is. Um, But there's a component to this where I had a dramatic encounter with the Lord right the weekend that we moved to Oklahoma City, actually. And And he showed me this map. There's a lot more to it I won't get into. But he basically showed me this map. And in the map... It unfurled, and it was like a living map, kind of like what you would see on a movie. And, it, and this lighthouse grew out of southwest Oklahoma City. And in the lighthouse grew, and I knew it was our church. I knew it was what God was doing in building this thing. And, you know, he's, again, it's not just what he's doing here. He's doing it all over, but I'm talking about for us. And so he's building this lighthouse, and then I began to see this thing like little ants, and people were coming up to the lighthouse, and then the lighthouse became a tunnel, and they were going through the lighthouse. And as they became impacted, they were circling back around with other little things, little animals, or not ants, ants is what I was trying to say. You guys got me. They're coming back around arm in arm with other people to bring back through the tunnel to be impacted. The second round of people that they had had balls and chains on their legs. They had crippled defects. They had problems. And as they came out the other side of the tunnel, they were glorious. They were healed. They were whole. And they were doing the thing that God was asking them to do. That's what we're doing here. It's been hard to see that because we've been building this foundation. But bless God, that's over now. And so now we're going to put the walls up. It's going to be easier for people to see what God is doing here. And so my my second, my third, I guess, challenge to you would be to begin to see yourself as somebody who can embrace people who are coming in that are broken. I'm not necessarily asking you to be their counselor. I'm just asking you to be kindness to them. And I know you guys are. This isn't like a rebuke at all. This is just, as I look ahead, I'm like, what? how beautiful would it be if we all come together and somebody walks in the door, somebody that's broken, somebody that's challenged, somebody that needs help, and everybody's like, I would love to help you. What can I do to help you? Maybe I can give to you. Maybe I can pray. Maybe I can say, hey, you can do this. Maybe I can friend you on Facebook. Maybe I can take you to lunch. Whatever it is that God puts you on, our heart, on your heart, but together we're building the kingdom because essentially the kingdom is actually people, Right? And so we are here as a church to be impacted by God so that we can impact others. So that's what Rise Up and Build is literally all about. And I hope you guys are inspired to jump into this with us. Um, Even if you're not inspired, I will put a defibrillator paddle on you at the end of today because you should be inspired because it's amazing. So when you leave today, we are giving all of you guys this magnet, and it has a little logo for this year, and it says, Rise Up and Build. And every single person that wants one can have one. And I want you to put this somewhere magnetic in your life, clearly. Um, Because it's not going to do you any good if it's not, you know, it's not going to stick on your shirt. Um, But we have shirts that have this on there for you. And here's the thing. I want us to keep this before you. I want you to be praying into it for yourself. Lord, this is my year to rise up and build in whatever the Lord's asking you to do. This is our year to rise up and build together as a church. So you're going to get a magnet as you leave. Um, And then please, if you're like in, if you're bought in, go grab a shirt. It's like, wait, a shirt? I don't really need another shirt. Here's why you need a shirt. Because the Lord clothes us in what he wants us to become. Okay, And I know that's like a stretch to some of you. I get that. But here's the thing. I genuinely believe when we grab something like that and we bring it into our life and then you wear it, it's a reminder for you. Oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I'm rising up when I want to curl in bed for the ninth time today. Oh, yeah, I'm getting myself to church this week. Oh, yeah, I'm going to build my life for Jesus. Are you guys tracking with me? All right, so I want to pray, and here's what I want you to know. If you're feeling broken today, we want to pray for you, so stay. Come up to the front. If you feel like you, there's healing waiting for you and you need it, come up to the front. We're going to pray for you as well, and if you're feeling led to pray for people like that, come on up here um, and help me do that, and I want to pray for us, and we're going to, um, you know what? Can we just turn on music for a second? 
um, as you're passing out the magnet, so you don't even have to go get one. See, it's coming to you. Um, and what I'd love us to do, if you can just wait to pass out the rest of the magnets, is let's all stand up, and I'd like us to press into this together for 30 seconds. Can we do that? 60 seconds maybe at the most. And, um, and we're going to just pray. And what, here's, what do I pray? Here's what you pray. Lord, I'm going to build my life this year. And God, show me how I can help build what you're doing at Bethel. Okay? So here comes the music. Here it comes. Here it comes. Our sound system takes, it has a little bit of a delay. It's coming. It's coming. The anticipation is building. You're already figuring out what you're going to pray right now. Here we go. All right. So let's just start praying, okay? You got 30 seconds. Lord Jesus, we commit this plan to you. God, we thank you that you have given us this rise up and build motto for 2019. Father, we ask that you would teach us how to build our own life around you in a greater and deeper way. God, challenge us, lead us, take us into better places with you. Lord, we ask that this year as we rise up and build together, God, that you would teach us how to grab other people and bring them into your presence. Lord, that you would teach us and help us to link arms together. And we do right now pray against any offense any perceived rejection, any woundedness, and any church hurt, Lord. We ask that you bind up those wounds in our heart so that we can be free to minister to you and connect to the church in the way you've asked us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Fast and furious. All right, so if you need prayer, come on up here, grab a magnet, hit up the bookstore, grab a resource, and we will see you next week.